start, hey, welcome to a brand new podcast. We're just trying to do something we've never done before. And so this is uh, Luke chapter 14 and verse 20. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. And uh, Abba's fire, who's your daddy, what this is about really is just talking about dads. And uh, I think a, a dad joke would be appropriate about this time. Yes. So the three-legged chicken thing. Oh, and incidentally, I, I need to introduce everybody. This is Eden Simons. Woo-hoo. And then this is uh, David Eberly. Also who? Also, who, 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 she, who, you, who, who, return the woo-hoo. Yeah. I'm glad we got some woo-hoo's going on here because you know the the thing is that we we want to make sure we're having fun. If you're not having fun, you're doing something wrong. So my dad joke for the day is is uh, and if you've got one, you can throw it in. But uh, the three-legged chicken. Have you ever heard about the three-legged chicken? I have not. Oh, it's amazing. Guy's driving down the road. He's doing about 50, just enjoying the countryside. This chicken whizzes by him, doing about 70. So he catches the chicken. You know, he pulls up behind the chicken, follows the chicken into a barnyard, gets out of his car. He asks the farmer when he sees him, he says, hey, did you see that? He said, I sure did. He says, I raised those. He said, you raised three-legged chickens? He said, yeah. He said, chicken legs are really popular. He said, that's amazing. He said, what do they taste like? He said, you know, I don't know. I can't catch one. So <laughs> anyway, that's the official dad joke for today. I have my favorite dad joke. Let's hear it. We got to hear that. When do you know a joke is a dad joke? When do you know? I don't know. When do you know? When it becomes apparent. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> See, that got too Oh, gross. my goodness. That, that was a too groaner. I think that was, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I am like, look, do you have any dad jokes? Uh, no. You don't have, I, I don't, I don't think they're worth coming out of. Are yeah. you sure about that? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I, th- I think everybody needs a dad joke. So, you know, um, I, w- I was sharing uh, with Eden that, that my father and with David, my father owned a bar, motel, and cafe. And I'm very proud of my dad. He was a, he was a great father, great provider. Um, there was seven of us in my family all together. And so my dad did some amazing things and uh, very grateful for the upbringing I had. He did have a, a, a bit of a drinking thing. He would drink, you know, quite a bit. So I'm very familiar with that, that whole thing. Of course, when you own a bar too, it's like, you know, the samples are going to be there, right? And everybody wants to buy you a drink and and my, my mother used to crack me up because everybody would love my mother. She was like the sweetest thing. And people would buy her a drink, and she didn't drink very, not really. <laughs> so she'd put the glass up to her lips and pretend to drink a little bit or, you know, like that. And then she would she would walk through the bar, through the, the back door into the cafe, dump the drink in the sink, walk back around to the bar, and it looked like she had, she had drank the drink. And then she'd go, that's smart. Yeah, pr- pretty much. So she uh, she was able to uh, to kind of get get through all that, which w- was great. But uh, one of the greatest revivals that I think that is coming that we we've, we've not yet seen is the restoration of families and the restoration of fathers. The Bible says in Malachi four and sixteen that He would turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And our heavenly Father is not like our earthly father. And uh, you both have come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And Jesus always pointed to the Father. And so his whole mission was actually to restore that, that Father relationship between, between earth and heaven. And so I, what I wanted to do was just kind of ask you both about your experience, you know, 
I want to ask you about your earthly dad. And I want to ask you how it's changed since you, your view of what a father is since you've become a Christian. And I'll, I'll just let whoever wants to jump in first, just jump in. The water is, is yeah, just, just the, <laughs> the high board, just go ahead and, you know, you're at sure. the deep end of the pool. Yeah. So I'll, you're okay. I'll get started. I feel like Dave is pointing at me, so I will, <laughs> I'm throwing you under the bus there. No, um, I, I love my dad. I really do. Um, I was raised similar. I have two biological brothers. I have five step siblings. And so there's eight of us total. And um, my dad and I were always very, very close when I was a kid. Like I remember doing a whole like running into my dad's arms every time he came home and whatnot. Um, he was gone though. He would work five or six days out of the week in a different town. So he wasn't there much. And then my mom passed away when I was 14 and um, forced him to come back home and, and work more from home. Um, and then he got remarried and all sorts of things happened. And, and we kind of took a, a turn when I was like in my teenage years, um, so that we weren't as close and, and some things happened that really kind of hurt, took a long time to kind of come out, to come out of. And I remember, um, I'll, I will circle back to Who's your daddy? Heavenly Father. Okay, Amen. so this might a little bit of a jaunt, but um, I remember always looking for someone to come rescue me out of my pain, especially a man. Like I really felt like I needed to get married because then whoever he would be would rescue me from my pain and from all of my dysfunction, and then bring order to the chaos that was my life. And so that was always something I really wanted my dad to do, but he wasn't able to, you know, now I know I'm much older and more mature and I've learned like, Oh, no person can do that. Only God can do that. Um, and so that, that is who my heavenly father is to me is someone who has brought order to the chaos of my life. And I no longer feel like I am a, a walking victim. You know, wow. like I've been able to go from living a victim life, feeling like everyone is always against me and always really worried about uh, what people think about me or how I appear to the world. And now I'm just very confident in who I am and who God made me to be. And I don't feel like I have to please everyone around me because I've learned that all of my affirmation and validation comes from my heavenly father. And that was that was my biggest life lesson I learned as far as like accepting love and forgiveness and grace from my father. Wow. That's heaven. amazing. That's amazing. David. Uh, <clears throat> my um, dear father who's in heaven uh, was wonderful. He had an interesting um, upbringing. So pro probably born in the thirties and that sort of thing. So depression as well. So was my dad. He was he came through the depression. Yeah, that that it, marked marked a generation. It very much defined how they see things. My father was extremely careful with money, um, and even things like food. Just, I mean, obviously that affected him. But to add to it, his mother was divorced in that time too, which was not a thing to have happened. Wow. Wow. Um, so that he he and his brothers were separated because of that and. Um, it was very interesting. He grew up very, very much, um, peaceful, very honoring. He was an executive. And yet when I'd go and see him at work, everyone would stop and say hello and said, Oh, your father's wonderful. And 
he's a great man and he always just listens and he puts people ahead of of uh business and all those kinds of things very hard worker he uh, you know shared what your father did in that um the way that he saw his way to contribute to the family was to earn and and provide for the family so he was gone a lot he worked a lot of hours and could be three feet of snow outside he would make his way to work he was very dependable um hard working so i think growing up i took some of his examples of the positives to me i love how respectful of others he was and he was a good listener and and doing things like that i i saw him in the in the um throes of the coming out of the depression on being being um always concerned about the future probably to more to not a healthy extent so i kind of saw that and said i'm not going to be like that and chose a a comparison instead of a or contrast instead of uh, to be like him in that so um i think i've wanted to enjoy life as it comes i think also his spiritual life he uh made sure we were always at church we were and and that was his connection um not so much uh holy spirit we grew up lutheran and then some things after that but very solid on nope this is what we believe i'm going to stay steadfast on that and he would listen to anything you would talk about but he was rock solid in in his beliefs and that was his uh, going forward as he retired i was actually surprised and very proud of him he actually emerged to doing things like he was um a gideon Oh, cool. So, so putting Bibles in hotels and things, which mm-hmm. is part of what they do. But also he went to, I think this is a 70 year old man and he would walk down to the local college and stand on a corner and hand out Bibles and talk to students. And it's 70 years of age. Well, he would straight witness and he wasn't extroverted. So hmm. I was very surprised when I heard about that. And then, um, different aspects came out that he really emerged um as a very outspoken my my grandmother's funeral his mother's funeral we were sitting there and at the end he got up and just said i know she's in heaven and he and then he went on and talked about heaven and then he gave an invitation and i was like who's this guy this is your dad <laughs> who's this evangelist you know i was like all right anyway so it was a lot of fun uh, I was very close to him. Um, I did take some of his examples, as I said, but I do see um, a lot of peace and the listener and the respectful guy. Those are elements of Jesus. But also, I think I've come to know God the Father as much more of uh, same to be close, but I think I've kind of lived my life to be anxious for nothing. Mm. as it says in the Bible, whereas I saw that kind of as a burden in my whole father's whole life. Um, I remember one time um, when I was still over in North Carolina, I bought a new car, a little sports car, and I, I drove it up to him, very proud of my 
my little sports car. And what was it? Um, it was a RX-7 convertible. RX-7 Mazda? Yeah, convertible. With a rotary engine in it? Yes. Oh, those things are crazy. Yeah, convertible. The faster though. they would go, the faster they could go. Yeah. Wow. The rotary engine was... a strong was, engine. Yeah, that, that, that was crazy. Redline is normally in a car at like 7,000. Yeah. And this one at nine and 9,500. I mean, oh, you, wow. you can't even yeah. believe it. Okay. But, it wasn't fast, but it, solid. Yeah, yeah, but real interesting car. But the point of the story is I drove it into into my parents' driveway, and he came out and he was very proud and everything. And I said, well, here are the keys. Come and take it for a drive. No, 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 I couldn't do that. He never bought a new car in his whole life. Wow. Wow. And um, I could see yeah. registering, you know. So I gave him the keys and he drove it and he was just very overly careful. And, you know, and I was like, come on, dad, it's a sports car drive. You know, I could see it was like a moment for him. It was very amazing because he never would have sacrificed. You know, he was very frugal and smart financially. Um, he was a CFO. So he would he would teach us never buy a new car because in the first two years. It, but here I am with this brand new car. He was very proud of me. And um, yeah. So well, I, he wouldn't have done it for himself, but because you did it, he he was he wanted yeah, to. Yeah, I very it. much had to force yeah. him to drive it too. He was. Yeah, it was it was that, very strange for him. That, yeah. I love that story because it illustrates. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Eden in a moment here. Just Eden, you know, this is a moment in Dave's life when he he recognizes uh, one that his dad's proud of him, but the other is that he he he's, you know. He's looking at uh, where he's come from. And uh, I, I don't know quite the question I'm trying to ask other than I'm just looking for, is there a moment in your life when you, when you look back and, and you're just aware that your dad was proud of you, that your dad, you know, like he was, he was on your side. I don't know if that's the right, even the right word. So I was in band in high school, mm -hmm. in marching band, and... I am uh, one of those like conquer the mission type people. So when I realized that I should, um, that I, I, well, I didn't start playing until sophomore year of high school. I was already into the semester. I saw the movie Drumline. And oh, that was a cool movie. That cool is hilarious. Movie. Everybody should see that. Everybody should see it. And I was determined that um, I was going to play on the drumline. So here I march up to. You know, be, me being the introvert, the person who's super afraid of authority and super afraid of any anybody, um, went up to the band director and said, I want to play the snare drum this season. Wow. <laughs> and he said, uh, no, <laughs> that's not going to happen. But you could join us if you want to um, play something else. And so I was desperate to get out of PE. So I got, I got transferred into band and they said, you look like a clarinet player. Come to find out most musicians all look alike, like depending on what instrument they play. Like they all look very similar. It's true. All the clarinets, we all look the same. Anyway, um, I learned hmm. the whole marching band routine in a week and was able to perform at the game. I started in class Monday and I was able to perform at the game with the band on Friday. Oh my goodness. And my dad, I remember he was so incredibly proud. Like oh my goodness. he came to every single one of my games. He, he would always buy me a homecoming mom. It was a real, always a really, I don't know if you know in the South, like the flowers and homecoming is a big deal. And marching band is a really big, big deal there too. Um, and he, he went to every competition. Um, the one thing he didn't get to do, and which I feel like he was most proud of me for, was we got to go play in Carnegie Hall in New York. Holy smokes. Yeah, it was really, really, really wow. cool. 
And, but I remember him checking in with me every day, making sure that I was okay and having a good time. And he made sure to buy the DVD recording and told everyone, anyone and everyone, um, that I had played. Oh, and then here's another funny story. I, I did, um, I did short-term missions with Iris Ministries, and I would send home these emails to all of my supporters. And I, oh, I'm so embarrassed about this now. I'm, I've been embarrassed about this since it happened. But I sent out this email letting everybody know that I figured out the bug problem that I had been having, which was ended up being, um, I thought it was bugs, and no one could figure out what kind of bugs they were. Have I told you the story? No. Keep, they Keep haven't going. heard it. Oh, they haven't. Oh, that's right. Okay. So um, there are these little black bugs. Juju bugs on your. On on my bed. On her and bed. And every, every morning I'd wake up, they would be everywhere. And they were so irritating. And I went to the people who were from there. No one had ever seen these bugs before. They just kept multiplying and they were showing up on my clothes and they were getting on my roommate's stuff too. And we were all freaked out. So we sprayed it all down with like pesticide and whatnot. Um, and when I did that and I had my mattress like out in the sun for a couple of hours, I, um, <laughs> to let the bugs die was what the thought was. Um, someone realized that I was using a sleeping bag. So they said, Eden, um, why don't you use sheets? We have sheets for you. And I said, okay. So I start stuffing my sleeping bag back into its little bag and realize that all the little black bugs that had been multiplying everywhere were these little rubber dots for traction on the sleeping bag. <laughs> that had been falling off and so i send this email to all of my supporters mm -hmm. letting them know this hilarious story about how eden survived the bug attack of 20 2008 you know uh, in mozambique and uh their money was going to good use yeah that was insane so anyway, I did that and sent it out, never really heard anything back from anybody and just went about my business. And then several months later, um, I came back home and I switched universities and was in a massive season of life change. And I came home one weekend to my dad's little little country Baptist church, um, which was maybe 200 people or whatever. I showed up and from the pulpit, the, the reverend tells everyone, tells me, oh, Eden, we see you're here today. We heard your bed bug story. Your dad got up here and read your email to us. And and then later, like everyone came up to me and told me how proud of me he was, you know. And anyway, just how 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 much the whole he had been making sure to keep the church updated, which I didn't know that my dad was proud of me for doing that. I always felt felt that he was, you know. But yeah. It's those little moments, you know, we we look back in our childhood and realize that, you know, that that our fathers were proud of us. Yeah. And and it doesn't mean that there's not the other things. And and I'm for the sake of time, I, I'm not going to go too far with this. And and also, I, I realize a lot of stuff is very personal. So because uh, I can think back of the other stuff in my life, and and I know both of you can too. That there's there's a few places where Dad was, didn't always get it right. It wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. And, and that's really kind of the point that I, I, I want to bring out is there are no perfect fathers on earth. They're, they're human. Yeah. And they, they, uh, they have the frailties and the weaknesses and, and the things that, that humans have. But as you look at your dad, I'm going to ask both of you this question. You know, when I look at my father, I'm, I'm extremely proud of his wisdom. And I see the wisdom of God in my dad. 
I also saw a prophetic gift that we didn't know what that was prophetic back then, but he actually uh, said things like, "All oh, bread will be a dollar one day." <laughs> yeah. And the a gas- whole dollar. A whole dollar, <laughs> and the gasoline will no longer be twelve cents. It's going to go up. Oh no! Oh, I mean, he could say see. It isn't so. Yeah, he could see the future coming, and uh, but he he would share things, and sure That's enough, awesome. they they would they would come to pass. So it was kind of interesting to see. Looking back now, I recognize God in my father. So we only have about nine minutes left. Can you tell me one time where you saw God in your father? where there was a reflection of your father and somehow even to this day, you look back and you go, wow, God, you were there in my dad. I know my wife has a great story about her dad and uh, the Holy spirit just coming on him and, and uh, uh, him prophesying over his family. I, I think, So most of my life with my father, he was um, not so much Holy Spirit, but my sister, who was a bunch older than me, started early with him and in her life, talking to him about Holy Spirit and things. So one of the things that would be different in the two theologies would be in, in my father's theology, which would be mainstream Christianity, uh, you're baptized when you're a baby, and that's the baptism. Mm-hmm. Okay. So eventually, I um, got into Holy Spirit and was very excited, and I wanted to be baptized. So we were all at my sister's house, and my father and mother were visiting in Southern California, which was very rare, so it was fun having them. So I had my father baptize me. Oh, come um, on. Yeah, that was really cool. And But come to, on. to talk to him about why we're doing that and what, you know, he wanted to really not just do it, but wanted to make sure we're both on the same page and what we're doing and why and that sort of, it was, it was very powerful for me. Um, what a, what a beautiful thing. Your father baptizing yeah, you. Even though he probably wasn't all the way over to the camp of, okay, uh-huh. adult baptism uh-huh. is important. Um, he understood it. He recognized it, but he didn't, he wasn't stubborn. He would, he didn't hold fast. And he's like, okay. And That's he beautiful. Did that. Yeah. That was a very treasured memory. So, if yeah. you, you know, I would have, if I'd have been there and I've asked your dad to, to keep you down till the bubbles quit, but <laughs> that's okay. That's another dad joke for you. <laughs> oh. oh, so Eden, was there anything that just stood out that like you just, that, you know, it's kind of the same question. Was yeah. there anything? Yeah. I, you know, my mom passed away from cancer when I was 14. And um, when my dad, and I mentioned earlier, he was gone quite a bit. Um, but he came back home and he was home for, you know, two years, I think he was working from home. And we used to go on really long walks. And then we would start riding bikes together. And um, I just remember all of the grief of that season. I, I just was so comforted by his presence. Wow. And that, wow. like, I, I just felt like I was a hot mess, you know, wow. and um, he was always there with wisdom and counsel to go through that season. And, and he was always a shoulder to cry on and, like, had a lot of empathy and uh, was there 
to, to help me walk through that process. And so, Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That's so good. You know, I, I, when you're talking about your dad and that, and that, that time, it, it uh, reminds me of, uh, Father God walking with Adam and Eve in the in the cool of the garden, mm-hmm. and that that relationship of just just being there, you know we we all have these these uh, these listen to these memories and we, we all have a mom we all have a dad, and the first commandment with promise is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul all your mind but uh, I'm getting that mixed up but the, one of the ten commandments is you know honor your father and mother, and so it's really important to uh, to honor our parents where we can, it, it doesn't mean that we we have to overlook the mistakes or we have to overlook the. Uh, and what I mean, we forgive them, uh, just as you know, uh, we need their forgiveness sometimes. You know, I mean, uh, I'm sure you you weren't a perfect angel. I don't I don't understand why, but your halo is, is slightly bent. Oh, Eden was. Yeah, is yours is yes. slightly bent? Uh, mine's very rusty. Yours very rusty, yeah. So, so we're we're kind of aware that that we we have those those flawed things about us as well, but but our heavenly Father is not like our earthly Father. He's perfect, mm-hmm. and and uh, he he loves us. Uh, I always uh, love the story of the of the father that that picks up his baby, and the 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 diaper is leaking you know what i mean that's not it's not pretty you know and uh, there's all kinds of junk you know from uh, leftover from lunch from the face all the way down and so it, it's it's you know it's not a pretty sight right but but uh but dad takes the baby and and he doesn't throw the baby away he just changes the diaper wipes the baby off you know a little fresh powder, some some new oil, and it, it's time for the baby to go back and play again. A little pat on the bottom, and it's like you're good to go. And and that's what fathers do is uh, uh, they they're part of our life, and uh, we have a natural father, but we have a heavenly father that's watching over us. And so we only have just like two minutes left. So uh, just in the brief time we have left, Dave, if there's anything you can say about your heavenly father, what would it be? Um, I think he created me to be a dreamer and then he fills those dreams. It's, it's, uh, if, if I'd have not been connected to my heavenly father and known that he's behind some things and feel his presence, then I wouldn't be, be in that lifestyle. Yeah. Eden? Yeah. I'd say he's, he's the constant. He is always there no matter what. And, um, and he's he's not afraid of mess. Come on, and and I, and I would just just add add to that. I'm just kind of bringing this to a close. That that uh, um, he's always faithful. He never leaves us. Never forsakes us. He never gets weary or tired. He he doesn't doesn't fall out with us. You know, on our bad day or our good day, he loves us anyway. <laughs> and. Okay. Yeah, I think ahead. one of my favorite, if, if everyone has seen the Chosen series, one of my favorite ones is Jesus as he's revealing his ministry. He goes to the woman at the well, and he describes her life, which was very sinful, and she's recognizing this is a prophet, at least. And then he says, no, I am the Messiah. I know you, and I still love you. Yeah. And that's what breaks her. Wow. And she goes uh, off and tells everyone what she expected and wanted her to do. But 
his love for her was unconditional. Unconditional. That love. was the whole message that Jesus was bringing to the earth. Yeah. Yeah. Eden, can you do a 30 second prayer of blessing over the people? Yeah. So, Lord, I know there are so many um, people that were raised without dads or without dads who were connected to you. And so, Lord, I just ask a blessing over each of them that their hearts will be open to you as their father and that. Uh, you will encounter them with your grace, with your mercy, and with your consistency. Uh, in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And I'm going to leave you with a, with a prayer from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 6. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. And the Lord give you his shalom. And so you have a heavenly father. And nobody can take care of you like daddy. I just want to encourage you to lean into his breast and receive from your earthly father what you can, but receive from your heavenly father all that he has because he truly loves you. He sent the very best of heaven for you. He sent Jesus. The Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's the father's gift to you. Is everlasting life. You're loved. You're cherished. You have a daddy in heaven. God bless you.